amazing so far. We are here for this nothing, which is exactly what we're going to do the whole time we're here. Wait a minute, a room above the water is safe? I hope, I guess. focus on surviving. How long can we last in all this? They'll come for us. What was that? What? I just saw something. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike joining me as always. It's Mr. Venom. How you doing, Venom? Greetings and salutations, vacationers. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Mike. How the hell are you? I'm doing well. Excited that we finally got the uh, latest episode of No More Room in Hell recorded. So, uh, yeah, now, weird. now I get to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still editing one too. So. Yeah, you're getting you're you're getting a lot of uh, no more room in hell content this week, folks. <laughs> yep, that should probably be out in the middle of the week. Um, so cool, and always always fun. when you get two of your shows to release in a single week. So uh, hopefully, I think it'll be three this week. week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, because mine will be ready probably tomorrow. Well, mine, cool. Creature Comforts, I should say. We'll be ready tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Also here, as always, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? Uh, we're covering a shark movie. How the fuck do you think I am? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's all it takes, you're going to be a happy man. So, <laughs> yep. Just don't look at the rating on IMDb. That's all I can <laughs> That rating makes no sense. We'll get into that in a little bit, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it looks like it's like under a thousand people so far, so it has much room to move, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I guess we'll no longer keep people in suspense. We are covering a shark movie, as Don said, and it's called, what is it? Requin? Requin? Requin. Requin. So... Uh, uh, let's see. IMDb synopsis says as follows. A couple on a romantic getaway find themselves stranded at sea when a tropical storm sweeps away their villa. In order to survive, they are forced to fight the elements while sharks circle below. So, why don't we, uh, go around in a circle and give our general thoughts on this and starting with Venom. What did you think of Requin? All right. Um... This is a pretty good movie. This is this is actually a gorgeous film. Uh, the Requin very much it looks very professionally made. I'm not sure what the budget here is. Obviously, we've got a couple of name actors as our lead performers, so there's got to be some kind of budget behind it. But um, it's a beautiful film. I mean, when you're shooting in Vietnam, it's hard not to have, you know, beautiful cinematography, nice shots. Um, the storm footage all looks really nice. The underwater scenes for the most part look really good. Um, one of the biggest issues I have with it, and it's an issue that I didn't have going into the movie or even coming out of the movie. It's after I watched the trailer, uh, once again, for the millionth time, everyone already knows I don't watch trailers before I watch a movie. I'll watch it after the film to just kind of see how it was being marketed and, I feel like the marketing for this movie makes this look like a, a, a shark only movie. Like it's just the 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 shark the sharks are the only menace in the film. And ultimately, this is an hour and twenty nine minute movie where the first shark doesn't even make an appearance until about the one hour mark. Um, and then once they make an appearance, yes, there's a good amount of shark action, even though there is a little bit of a lull um, in between multiple shark scenes with our 
um, you know, with our survivors just kind of floating there in the ocean. Um, This comes off to me uh, less as a shark film and more as just a tragedy at sea film. Um, Because like I said, um, the sharks really are kind of secondary. They're a secondary menace to what's actually happening to this couple who's basically stuck in the somewhere in the middle of the Pacific ocean. Um, or well, I guess, uh, since they're near Vietnam, it would be not the Pacific ocean, but anyway, I, I, I'm not great with geography. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be one that I don't know that I can recommend to horror fans because this is solidly a thriller with some beautiful dramatic scenes. And honestly, what sold me on this movie was this relationship between this couple. I love this couple. Um, just, they, they come off is so organic so believable uh their line deliveries are all near flawless alicia silverstone obviously you know the longtime actress um has a lot of roles under her belt and she does grief so well um i can't like i'm not the biggest fan of alicia silverstone and uh, the majority of the stuff that she was doing in the 90s um but over the last few years with stuff like the lodge and now this i mean she's really showing you know, her range and especially how she handles grief. And I just wanted to point that out that there there's a scene in here that just is absolutely heartbreaking and she sells it so well. So kudos to Alicia Silverstone. Um, but ultimately, you know, before I start to ramble, I, I, I am going to say I did really, really like this movie. I, I dare say I love this movie, but it's not necessarily because of the shark action, because if, if for whatever it's worth, and Don might hate me slightly for this. I was slightly disappointed with the shark action. Um, some of the effects are not quite where I thought they would be. They're not quite sci-fi original quality. It's better than that, definitely. Um, but there were a couple of shots that maybe I wish would have looked more like something that we saw in the shallows or or like Great White from last year. But um, I'm still going to say that from beginning to end, this is an enjoyable movie. I did love it. And like I said, it was more because of this relationship. The fact that these two, um, they love each other so much. I mean, they, they make each other laugh no matter how desolate or, you know, hopeless a situation is. Even right down to the point where they're literally floating in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on just a board, a board of wood. And they're still making each other laugh. And I love that. That shows a couple that's truly in love that truly has a more cosmic connection than your you know standard marriage and i just absolutely love that about this so yeah um i'm gonna come in and say totally love this movie as a thriller um as a drama and even some unintentional comedy there's a there's a vietnamese fisherman character that comes into the movie later that kind of injects a little bit of unintentional comedy into the movie and it works totally so yeah, from a filmmaking standpoint, a writing standpoint, um, performances standpoint, it's a great film. Ignore the rating that you're seeing on IMDb. I, I think that the reason that the rating is so low is because of the mismarketing, because the marketing kind of just makes it look like it's a shark movie. It's just basically that's it. It's a shark movie. But this movie is so much more than a shark movie that I think some horror fans might have been disappointed, hence the very low score on IMDb. But I would still say check this movie out. If you're a fan of shark movies, if you're a fan of kind of isolated location thrillers, uh, again, it, it checks that box. And if you're a fan of dramas, I, I just feel like the performances here are well worth experiencing. So yeah, uh, two big thumbs up from me. Um, but once again, this movie kind of falls into what seems to be becoming our theme of 2022 and, you know, of will it make horror movie fans happy? We've already kind of been on the fence with stuff like I See You and The Wasteland. And now this is another one that you can kind of throw into that bucket where I'm not 100 percent sure how many horror fans are going to gravitate to this. But it is solidly a really, really good film. So I'll leave it at that for now for general. Okay, uh, let's go over to Don. What did you think of the movie? So I'm kind of in the same boat with Venom. Um, surprise, surprise. I'm no a pun fan. intended. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. I'm a fan of a killer shark movie. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with a lot of what he said. A lot of the setup is incredibly engaging. A lot of the early work here, um, a lot of it falls more into a survivalist thriller, which is kind of where I was figuring it to be. But uh 
Tragedy at Sea is a fine enough parallel. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, speak ill of anybody who made that kind of connection. But um, if you're looking for that kind of stuff, what we, what we get here is really fun. A lot of their attempts to, mm-hmm. you know, search for help. A lot of their, you know, means of survival are, you know, kind of ingenious, and they're really kind of thrilling and suspenseful at times. You know, you have, you know, injuries that are sustained in the course of the film that are, you know, realistic and they play a part in how they're they're going to survive. A lot of that comes off as really fun. And once the shark gets involved, uh, this was a lot of this was uh, my favorite part. I loved what what we got here. Not necessarily the most realistic in terms of action. Um, a couple of the incidents involving how the sharks behave are kind of a little, um, you know, on the Hollywood side in terms of how they behaved. But I, I don't have too many issues with a lot of that. Um, I do have a little bit of issue with some of the CGI, which is, uh, mm, well, let's just say underwhelming is best. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, other than that, I, I, I don't have too many issues with this. Uh, yes, it's not a, you know, wall-to-wall shark film. It's not, you know, anything like The Reef or um, Shark Season or Frenzy or, you know, Land Shark or Horror Shark or any of the other films that have sort of adapted this premise of, you know, people being stranded at sea and, come, you know, trying to survive while the shark stalks them one by one. It's not necessarily the best at that, but it's really fun when it you know, when it matters. It has a lot of uh, elements that kind of keep you um, it, it keeps you engaged because, as he said, you don't notice that the shark doesn't sur- doesn't appear until nearly an hour in. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're you know if you're looking for it, you can tell, but if you're not necessarily looking for it, it's really hard to tell. And I, I kind of enjoy that about the film, so. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with them. This is definitely worth a watch and one that I had a lot of fun with. All right. So for me, um, I think, well, I know now that I've heard you guys' general thoughts. I liked it a lot less than you guys. I I didn't think it was because, like, I was hearing some really bad reviews of it leading up to this. Um, Not not full on like i didn't read the full reviews just like you know kind of social media posts so i was my expectations were kind of tempered and i didn't find it as bad as some people were saying but i didn't find it that great either i i I thought it was okay i i think the setup was fine i think some of the i i kind of agree with venom it's like the shark stuff was probably the least interesting in in the movie which is a shame considering it's definitely sold as like a shark horror horror movie when i think just their situation itself um the the other stuff was going that was going on once you know they're out at sea i guess is more thrill was more thrilling to me i mean obviously you expect sharks to show up and they do eventually they do what sharks do i mean <laughs> uh, not really a spoiler to say shark you know you expect sharks to do certain things when they show up um i did yeah i think when the fisherman character was introduced towards uh, the end of the movie that was pretty funny um but i don't know i felt there was like an unnecessary backstory we didn't really need i don't think it really added anything um I don't know. I didn't really find them that interesting as characters, to be honest. I did like Alicia Silverstone. I think she was cool. Uh, it was. It's nice to see her back in like, I guess you would call it a leading role, because she's she's kind of been making her way back, but not in. I guess in this capacity, because she was what was it? The lodge she was in, right? She played the yeah. wife, but she you know was only briefly in that and i want to say there was something else that she was in but this one you know she is like really back like leading actress top billing um and it was it was cool to see her back hopefully you know she's gonna stick around i I agree she does grief well you know i found uh her portrayal of grieving realistic even though i wasn't overly enthused with the backstory itself didn't think it was necessary. I still thought she did a good job on it. Um, I don't know. I thought <laughs> I thought something that happened was kind of comical, but I, you know, I can't really get into it until spoilers. 
Um, overall, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of it. It's not bad. It's just a middle of the road movie to me. Uh, not great. Not, not horrible. Just kind of there. Um, I yeah. I don't really have much to say about this <laughs> this one. Yeah, I don't know. That's it for general thoughts for me. I guess. I hear you. It's it's definitely not going to speak to everyone, but for whatever reason, it, it spoke to me. Like I I was enthralled from the start. And and to kind of rebut Mike's point about the backstory, I did really like the backstory. It gives these people um, a platform to work off of because um, otherwise we would just assume this was just like a regular vacation. It's just a happy couple going on a regular vacation, but we find out that there is a, a there is an actual past tragedy that we'll talk about in the spoiler section. And this is kind of like their escape. They're, they're not escape literally, but just their escape from reality for a short time, you know, a week or two in Vietnam to just tr- kind of try to clear their heads and hopefully, you know, go back home more refreshed and less concentrating on the tragedy that occurred. So for whatever it's worth, I like the backstory. It actually made me care more about the couple, especially um, the husband's portrayal, because, you know, guys can definitely once we kind of talk about what the tragedy is that happened, um, a lot of movies will will portray the, uh, the husband in that situation as standoffish and maybe um, not as interested in his wife anymore. And this guy was the complete opposite. You know, he was there to support his wife the entire time. As I mentioned earlier, the fact that they could make each other laugh, that is such a I'm going to harp on that throughout this review because it is so it's so important in a happy marriage not to be laughing like, you know, giggling idiots by any stretch. But to be able to be in one of the most horrible situations a human being can be in and still have that soulmate next to you that can put a smile on your face during this awful situation, that is something that I look for in relationships, That, especially in cinematic relationships. That comes off as very realistic. Um, and as I, as I mentioned earlier, just very organic. So for whatever it's worth, you know, I'm not going to argue with anybody who says they're, they don't like this couple or not enthralled with their story or whatever, but just for me, it absolutely worked. I mean, I always talk about horror characters, uh, decisions in movies, and ultimately there's no real major bad decision here. Obviously there's one that you can kind of argue, but honestly, they were unaware of what was really, you know, what the impact of that storm was really going to be. So, um, you know, I, I, it's not like I was screaming at the television. What's wrong with you? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like I did, you know, a couple of weeks ago with Scream, but that's another story. Um, I was, for whatever it's worth, as I said, I was thoroughly enthralled with this story and and to say that the sharks was like the least of this movie for me isn't necessarily insulting the sharks. I mean, the shark scenes are still pretty good. Um, Don and I both kind of brought up the CG maybe being a little underwhelming, but they're still mm. fun scenes. They're violent. Um, and then the final scene with the shark, I actually really liked. Um, well, with the one shark, uh, it, this movie's kind of inconsistent with the shark numbers. But at the same time, I understand you know, uh, this couple is kind of floating to from, uh, you know, different areas uh, of the ocean. I guess it's the South China Sea, not the Pacific Ocean, the South China Sea. And, yeah, because that uh, would be near Vietnam. Yeah, there wouldn't be near the Pacific at all. Yeah, exactly. They they would be they would be completely fucked if they hit the Pacific Ocean from Vietnam. Yeah. So somewhere in the South China Sea where they get lost. Um like I said, I, I just I, I really like this couple. I liked the story. I love this story. I really, really do. Like the sharks, Mike mentioned that you just kind of expect the sharks to show up in a movie like this, and you do. And when they show up, it's not really a surprise. It's not like the most shocking thing ever, um, especially if you watch a trailer before the film. Then you're kind of expecting the sharks to be a, a kind of a bigger part of the film. But I don't know. Even though this movie has a terrible rating on IMDb, I just don't see it. I I, I don't see. Uh, to me, this may not be like the best horror movie of the year, but this is just a solid movie. I I, I genuinely enjoyed it. It's not Jaws. It's not The Shallows by any stretch of the imagination. But again, for a lower budget film that's not getting a big theatrical release, it, it you know, it, it got a limited release in theaters last week and it, it also hit VOD at the same time. But um, 
you know, for what we get, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Is it a horror film? Uh, that's going to be subjective. That's going to be up to the viewer. Um, because ultimately, there's not really anything fantastical about this movie in the sense that the sharks aren't mutated. They're not like giant size or anything. They're just sharks doing shark things, you know? Um, so, like I said, whether you think it's a horror, a thriller, a drama, it's all going to be subjective. And ultimately, you're all right. You know, I'm not going to say that anybody's wrong with their opinion on this. But like I said, for whatever this worth, uh, this is probably one of my favorite thrillers of the year so far. I had a good time with it for whatever it's worth. Um, obviously, a lot of people didn't considering it's low rating. I mean, I, I just I, I don't know what movie these people watched. Like I said, the only thing I could figure is that they're uh, it, it's um another one of those it comes at night situations where maybe people were expecting a little bit more based on the trailer. And then when they get to the movie, um, they're the type of people like Don said, who are just waiting for the sharks. Like, where's the shark? Where's the shark? Where are the sharks? And then the fact that it doesn't happen until an hour into an hour and 29 minute movie might be disappointing for some people. But like I said, for me, I, I didn't, I almost didn't care. Like if there weren't sharks in this movie, I might like the movie even more because then it wouldn't have had, um, you know, some of the underwhelming CGI. Um, but I, regardless, I just think this is a, a great movie, uh, despite how you might look at it, you know, whether it's horror, thriller, drama, blah, blah, blah. I, I loved it. So, yeah, uh, I'm, Don and I are probably the voice of dissension on this movie, considering how low it's rated everywhere. Even Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a low score. Uh, I'm I'm just not sure. I, you know, I'm usually very cognizant of bad filmmaking, and I just don't see it in this film. Like you know, this isn't Steven Spielberg by any stretch, but it's also not Ed Wood, and you know, it, it's definitely in the better uh, spectrum of of that range of directors. It's it's definitely above average. So yeah. I, I think if you're disappointed with this film, it's just going to be because of your expectations and what you thought you were going to get. Hence, it comes at night. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I'm just talking about uh, my ass. I don't know. No, I mean, that was that's pretty much what my review is when I'm posting it online. I mean, that's exactly my review. The, the only flaw is your expectations. Exactly. Yep. And that's why I try to tell people you got to get rid of that shit. Yeah, stop with the expectations. Even if it's a movie that's like the twelfth movie in the franchise or whatever, you got to get rid of those expectations because you're going to disappoint yourself. Go in with a clean slate. Go in, and that you know that might be part of the reason why so many Scream fans love the new Scream is because you know they they have a certain expectation and they got everything that they wanted out of the Scream movie. Whereas I myself, I like to see horror advance from chapter to chapter. I like to see franchises do bigger and better things. And, you know, for me, Scream 2022 was just very been there, done that. And there's nothing wrong with that because I didn't say it was a bad movie. It's absolutely not a bad movie. But this one, like I said, it gave me something I wasn't expecting. I was expecting a low-budget shark horror film, but they actually give me a compelling, um, you know, drama with, you know, legitimate grief and you know great acting great line deliveries so yeah i'll champion this movie i don't care if i'm in the minority <laughs> join me on the side with loving killer shark movies we need more of you oh absolutely please <laughs> where are you <laughs> all so right what uh -huh. So far, it's just me, but uh, that's a <laughs> different conversation. <laughs> yeah, you definitely like more of them than I do. Like, I can I can still recognize shark movies that I don't like. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having an absolute love for a subgenre. You know, I mean, I'll watch any Exorcist movie, no matter how cheap or terrible it looks. I don't care. I'll watch it, and that's the way Don is with shark movies. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, what do you say? Spoiler talk. I'm all for it. All right, sure, folks. So that's know. your final spoiler warning. Um, honestly, there's not really a whole lot of walkthrough to even really do here. I think the uh, majority of what happens in the movie is kind of discussed in the synopsis alone. You know, we see a romantic couple. They arrive to their vacation in Vietnam. Uh, we see a, a quick scene with Alicia Silverstone talking to her mother and her sister. Everybody in the movie is nice, is like ultra nice. What's funny is that like 10, 15 minutes in the movie, 
I was actually starting to get annoyed with how nice everyone is. Like, they're, you know, I, I'm just so used to seeing those hateable characters in movies, and you don't really get that here. You know, everybody's everybody's either really nice or at least really believable. You know, like nobody, there are no caricatures here. So, um, it, you know, depending on how you look at that, it might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing. But yeah. Um, like I said, they arrive at the island. They have, you know, we get that montage of them having fun, parasailing, you know, driving through the rainforest, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, we get to the fateful night where the storm hits. Um, and, and as the synopsis mentions, they're they're kind of staying inside of these villas that are not really floating, but they are above water. They're basically on posts. So they're they're on like these large wooden posts. Maybe even bamboo, I'm not sure, but the, these big posts and they're above the water line. They're not right on the water line. But yeah, the storm hits. Um, it obviously knocks all of these uh, floating villas off of their posts and our, our two heroes are swept out to sea. Um, the scene with the storm itself is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I just, just the way that they are trying to handle what's going on, the fact that they're floating out to sea. There's a great scene where Alicia Silverstone almost falls out of the cabin into the open ocean to a point where she would have been crushed against some rocks, but the husband kind of makes the decision to throw her off completely, saving her life and forcing her to kind of swim underneath the house, uh, the villa, to then, you know, climb back up on the other side. Like, that that entire scene, I think, works for me. Great storm sequence, um, you know, great sense of tension, you know, and especially once the storm kind of dies down and they realize that they're like a mile or more off the shore and they're drifting farther and farther away from the shore. And the, that's when the real like the hardcore tension starts to hit. And you're like, holy shit, do you swim? Do you take the chance and try to swim, you know, a mile or two in the ocean, which is not an easy task if anyone has ever not tried it. Uh, it is not easy to swim in the ocean uh, over long distances. You know, you, you got to be like a professional swimmer to pull that shit off. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, uh, you know, they're stuck in the storm. Uh, the storm ends. Uh, thankfully, the storm never really comes back because that's kind of what I was expecting. I was ex expecting the storm to be like a, a constant menace to them, like every night or every you know other night or something like that. But luckily... For the most part, um, it's it's more about the desolation and just the fact that they're floating farther and farther out to sea until the point where finally they can't see land. There's absolutely no land anywhere. They look in every single direction. They don't see anything. And they basically make the decision to just kind of stay um, in the villa, which is still floating. It's still solidly floating. And, you know, they just kind of decide, fuck it, we'll stay here and see if we get rescued. If, you know, if if the situation becomes more dire, you know, we run out of water or, you know, are, are basically on the brink of death, then we can kind of make a decision on what to do then. But um, and then our sharks show up <laughs> and uh, first we get a fake out. We, we actually get a little bit of a dolphin fake out where we see the dolphins. Uh, we see a couple of dolphins swimming towards them. But of course, with their dorsal fins sticking out of the water. It's kind of hard to tell what they are. Uh, of course, the menacing music starts swelling up and everything else. Uh, but then, of course, we get the reveal that they're just dolphins and our two characters have a nice laugh about it. I think the guy even says, I fucking hate dolphins, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Um and so, uh, but then a few minutes later, uh, what ends up happening is, uh, first a plane flies by and not a, not like a little twin engine thing. I'm talking like a commercial flight basically flies overhead. There's no way that they're ever going to be seen or heard by anyone flying overhead. Um, so they make the decision that, um, that they want to try to make like a little small fire, um, not not even necessarily a fire. They just want to create something that'll make some smoke. So maybe not a full on fire, but just a little flame where they can burn some products, some paper and some towels and stuff that they still have there with them to try to signal someone who may come by. And what ends up happening is a cruise liner, uh, one of those big princess cruise liners uh, ends up going by, but not close enough where 
they would ever be able to be seen. I mean, it is literally the cruise liner looks like a speck uh, out in the distance. You know, it looks like it's about a half inch long. Uh, like there's just no way, even if somebody was on the deck outside looking in that direction, they would never see these people floating in the ocean. Uh, they end up uh, starting a little fire to try to make some smoke. Uh, unfortunately, the cruise liner does not end up seeing them, ends up uh, continuing on its path uh, until it's eventually out of sight. What ends up happening is the tiny little fire that they started to try to create um, smoke signals turns into a big fire. And suddenly uh, the entire villa is engulfed and they obviously don't know what to do. It's like we're in the middle of the ocean and now the only thing keeping us alive is on fire. <laughs> so uh, they make the decision to jump off. They they end up jumping off of the villa, but they still stay fairly close to it, obviously, because uh, once the fire stops, they're able to grab like a couple of pieces of board, like, you know, part of the floorboard is still there floating um, another thing that this movie does, this movie proves that Rose was a selfish bitch at the end of Titanic. Because oh, completely. There, I there love is, that thing. This. Yes, <laughs> there is absolutely enough room on that board for two people to float on, and selfish-ass Rose let Jack die because she said, oh, there's no room for both of us. Bullshit, honey. Bullshit. So, anyway. <laughs> I had to point that out because I fucking hate that scene. <laughs> what a cunt. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. I, I that actually got me laughing as I'm watching it. I'm like, see, Rose was being selfish. God damn it. Okay. So, so at this point, our couple is now floating on a single board of wood in the middle of a, of a large ocean, just with nothing around. Luckily, the weather is nice, so they're not really suffering. Um, from exposure, other than the sun, of course, you could see the husband starting to turn a little red as they're floating out there. And then the real sharks show up and, you know, we get a cool little introduction. Of course, it's a shark movie. They're not just going to show up like in the Meg. We're going to get some cool little swim scenes where we see a fin or something swim by. At one point, a shark swims by Alicia Silverstone's legs and, you know, she's like, oh, there's something down there. There's absolutely something down there. And uh, then they make the realization that, oh, shit, there's sharks. And the reason that there's sharks is because the husband uh, during the storm, uh, first he broke his leg when the house, when the villa first got detached from the pillar. But then later on, he gets uh, a secondary, another injury where he actually busts his thigh open and it's bleeding pretty badly. Uh, this, of course, attracts the sharks and the sharks kind of start to attack. They attack the husband. They try to pull him under, but the wife is able to kind of keep him above water. Um, we see the sharks. I mean, we see a large pool of blood underneath the ocean, like just under where uh, where they're floating. So obviously the husband has been bitten really, really badly. At this point, the piece of wood that they're floating on is even smaller now. Uh, and the husband can't even fit completely on the board. He's actually just kind of leaning on it. Like basically his upper half, the upper part of his body is just kind of on the board while his lower half is just kind of dragging behind him. Um, they both pass out because Alicia Silverstone basically um, takes one of the boards off uh, one of the planks of wood off of the board that they're floating on and uses it as a an oar to try to swim or, or try to, you know, uh, you know, or her way away from the sharks, which is just Paddle. silly. Yeah. Yeah. Paddling. <laughs> Words are hard. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So she tries to paddle away from the sharks as her husband is in the middle of getting his legs bitten. And eventually it seems like she is able to get away from the sharks, but then her and her husband both pass out. They're both just out cold. Somehow they don't fall off the board. They both are floating on the board. And lo and behold, the next morning they hit land. They actually hit a beach. And Alicia, you know, when she she wakes up and realizes that, oh, oh we're on a beach, you know, we're, we might be okay and that's when she tries to wake up her husband and she makes the realization that both of her husband's legs are completely gone. Uh, when when the husband was attacked by the sharks, the sharks actually were able to bite off both of his legs. 
obviously he bled out while they were floating in the ocean and a husband unfortunately has passed away he is just dead and this is the heartbreaking scene because alicia silverstone's um just her performance here is so stellar I mean, you know, scenes like this, you, you just kind of expect in movies, you know, someone's going to lose a loved one to a shark in a shark movie. It's expected. But this was just such a well-made scene. It was well shot. They don't drag it out too long. Like sometimes with scenes like this, you know, we have to watch a character cry for five minutes. No, not at all here. Uh, it's the perfect length. You know, you feel terrible for her. And then she ends up passing out and having a hallucination where her husband is once again alive. Um, he walks up to her and basically says, well, you have to live. You have to live for both of us. And he kind of implies that she might be pregnant, which, oh, by the way, I totally forgot about the tragedy that occurred before they came on vacation. As many of you probably already guessed, if you haven't seen the movie, it was, of course, a lost child. She lost her child in uh, birth. Uh, she tried to do basically she wanted to do an at home water birth and um, there were complications. And since they weren't in a hospital, unfortunately, the child was born dead. And um, this is kind of the catalyst of why, um, you know, Alicia and her husband had to go on a vacation just to kind of get away from the world and kind of clear their head. Um, it's very obvious throughout the film that Alicia is not over it. She has multiple like little hallucinations or flashbacks to the scene of her sitting in the bathtub trying to give birth and, you know, of course, unsuccessfully. So so that combined with now the death of the husband that we didn't realize was dead until we see that his both of his legs are missing. Um, she just plays the grief so well without hamming with, without hamming it up or chewing the scenery, you know, just a really, really well done performance. Um, at this point, you kind of think that the movie is over, but uh, basically Alicia starts, um, Alicia's character starts walking around the beach that she discovers, and she climbs over like a, a small hill, and she sees a fisherman. She sees someone asleep in a boat, and, you know, so she, she does something that I was kind of shocked. She actually jumps back into the water to swim towards this little boat. Because um, she was yelling at him, trying to get his attention from the shore, but a, but he was asleep. He was out cold. Um, he has a big jug of what can I, I, I can only assume is like some kind of moonshine or something that he's been drinking. So he's basically passed out in the boat. She then takes the chance and swims out to it. And this is where we get a little bit of comic relief in the film. Uh, because the fisherman, of course, is Vietnamese and he doesn't speak a word of English. Alicia is speaks English and doesn't speak a word of Vietnamese. So their interaction is kind of entertaining. The fisherman knows instantly what's wrong because she's got this giant bite mark on her thigh. She's barely dressed. You know, she's got like a pair of shorts and a button down shirt. Um, so he's able to figure out what's going on. And and to this guy's credit, he acts quick. As soon as he realizes that she's bleeding out from her um, injury, he grabs um, out of his fishing, his tackle box, he grabs like um, a, a hook and some string, um, uh, fishing line, excuse me. And he does, you know, the, the cinematic uh, stitching up of the uh, wound, which, again, pretty, pretty good looking. This effect looked really nice when he was actually sewing up the wound and, you know, it was very realistic, you know, her reactions when he poured some of the shine or vodka, whatever it was he was drinking, the alcohol, when he poured it on her wound, her reaction was very realistic and terrifying. You could probably hear a scream from like five miles away. But um, yeah, he is able to close up the wound and but then our shark is back. Um, well, one of the sharks, because the, uh, earlier I mentioned a little bit of inconsistency with the sharks. Uh, the first shark scene that we saw where the husband is attacked, there's multiple sharks. There's like two or three, I think. There's at least two. Um, but then yeah. for the finale, the big finale, um, you know, on the shore of Vietnam, it's just one shark. Uh, basically, I guess one followed them or whatever, followed the blood trail of the husband. And th this shark attacks uh, our Vietnamese fishermen, basically knocking both of them off of their little. What do you even call that thing? Uh, that boat? Like, is there a name for that style of boat where it's literally like a cup? <laughs> You know, it's it's literally I, a half. It's like, gotta oh. be it's gotta be something local because I've never seen one before. 
it, it, yeah, it's got it's got to be local. It's got to be local of some kind. Oh, I definitely agree because I've never seen anything like that here. I've seen it in other films, and it yeah. almost always is in a film that's dealing with Vietnam, maybe like a Vietnam War movie or something well, along those lines. Is that it's, yeah, what I'm saying is that it's got to be something local because yeah, yeah it, it like I it's like Vietnam War like flashbacks or you know set set during yeah. that period. I I have no idea what they're called. Everybody <laughs> just like they just seem to like just accept that it's there. It's got to be something local. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, um, our shark, as I said, attacks them, flips over their little boat, um, instantly attacks. The fisherman uh, takes off one of his hands right away. Uh, we actually see the hand float back up to the water before we realize that the fisherman is still alive. He tries to get back up, um, but as I said, the boat is tipped over. She's now, uh, basically, Alicia Silverstone is under the boat using the pocket of air, uh, you know, uh, to basically keep her alive. But, of course, her legs are exposed. She's in the ocean. So we basically see the shark starting his charge, where he starts to charge at her. And she starts to wrap the anchor, the rope that's holding the anchor. Uh, she starts to wrap it around her um, with the purposes of bringing the anchor up. Because uh, unfortunately, she wasn't strong enough to bring up the anchor by herself. So when she's in the water and the boat is tipped over, she literally wraps the rope around her own body in an effort to get the anchor up. And of course, as as would be expected... Just as the shark arrives at her uh, to take a bite out of her, he ends up biting the anchor and the anchor goes through the top of the shark's head into his brain. Um, doesn't necessarily kill him instantly because you still see him kind of shuffling and kind of uh, moving around a little bit as it sinks into the ocean. So, you know, maybe not an instant kill, but at least it got the shark to leave her alone <laughs> right away. And um, Alicia just basically jumps on top of the overturned boat. So she's basically she's on the boat upside down, but she's above water now. And she eventually does, you know, the, the current does eventually push her back to the shore where we see a village of Vietnamese fishermen, you know, with this, all of them have this same style boat. And they basically see her drifting towards the uh, shore. And that's pretty much the end of our movie. It's it's a quickie, like I said. Um, uh, the pacing, I think the pacing's great. Like I said, you don't really wait too long for anything to happen. If you're waiting for shark action, yes, you might be a little disappointed. But if you're in if if you're in any way engaged with this couple, the issues that they're having, why they're on this vacation, just their kind of relationship dynamic in general. Um, I think you'll be fine with the movie. I don't think you'll think that it's boring or that it takes too long to get to the sharks or whatever. But like I said, I can see there definitely will be a certain, um, you know, percentage of the horror community that isn't happy with how long it takes to get to the sharks. And then even once we get to them, um, basically we get two major shark scenes, the one where the, uh, there's multiple sharks attacking the husband and then the final fin the finale with the, the last shark kind of attacking Silverstone and the Vietnamese fishermen. And, it, and then in between there, there's a little bit of non shark action as well. Um, like I said, when they first get to the shore, um, she's she's on that island for what feels like five to ten minutes of the film before she actually finds the fisherman. And then, of course, the shark returns um, to give us one more big shark sequence. Um, so, like I said, I can see why some people would look down at this movie, specifically horror fans who are waiting for, you know, big shark action. But like I said, if you come into this with an open mind, realize that it's solidly a thriller um, that has multiple, you know, the, the big thing is obviously the storm and them drift going and being uh, dragged out to sea. Um, when when that kind of hits, it, it hit, at least for me, like I said, it hit hard. Like, you know, I, I, like I said, there was one scene in the film where um, just as the storm was starting, the hotel staff actually called the couple and said, if you guys want to move into the main part of the hotel off the water, 
you're welcome to. Um, but the storm really wasn't kicking up all that bad. It was just raining kind of hard at the time. And basically the husband didn't really want to get out of bed and, you know, move everything. I mean, he's on vacation. It's hard to blame him. Um, but then literally within a few minutes, the storm is kicked up so strong that, yeah, it's basically knocking it off its post. So, um, but like I said, you know, no stupid characters, no stupid decision making. Um, for for me, it worked. Um, you know, like I said, we all kind of are in agreement that it's not going to work for everyone. But for me, I totally loved it. It's not going to be like one of my favorites of the year. I mean, I can't speak for Don, but I mean, I don't see this being in my top 10 by the end of the year by any stretch. Not but really. it's yeah, still, it, I'm probably going to knock it off maybe by the end of February. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, yeah, but still, like I said, a solid movie. I can't say enough good things about it because it's so I hate using the word underrated, but I'm going to use it here because this movie has a 2.4 on IMDb right now. And that's awful. This movie does not deserve a 2.4. I've seen pieces of shit horror movies that have a 2.5 on IMDb, and this movie is head and shoulders better than any of those. Now, obviously, the movie didn't speak to Mike the way it spoke to me and Don, but obviously that speaks more to Don and myself, uh, our love of shark movies and of this kind of, you know, um, stuck out at sea type situation. You know, I'm for the most part, even if there aren't sharks involved, I am a fan of this type of story, especially when the majority of the movie takes place, you know, out in the ocean and with they're isolated, kind of like open water. Open water was another one of those that I liked um, of that style of film that I kind of liked. Um, I haven't seen open water in so long. I couldn't tell you if I like it better than this one or not. Um, I'd have to rewatch it, but I do remember enjoying it. I do remember walking out of the theater thinking that was pretty good. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot left for me to say. Mike, you've been so quiet. I, I mean, at least voice some of your hate for the movie, please. <laughs> or at least indifference. I'll tell yeah, something. <laughs> I don't have any hate for it. I just, um, I, I just don't really have much to say about it. I, it was just kind of there. Um like I said, I I didn't mind. The, I I was fine with the characters and fine with their like their interactions. I'm just I was just I didn't find that the backstory really added anything to it because I mean it was a vacation. They could have just been on a regular vacation. It really to me it wouldn't have changed any of the mm. any of the way they interacted. I mean it was just a married couple. That's how married couples act anyway. I thought you know maybe because of the tragedy that we find out about that maybe the reason for that was it would have played more into it. I mean, I know it was the catalyst for why they went on that vacation to get away from it all, but you could have just nixed the whole backstory and just said, Hey, we want to go on a vacation. Yeah, but they wouldn't have, it still would have been the same. If they literally were just like a rich white couple going on vacation, you'd feel the exact same about them. I I don't think I would. Yeah. uh... The fact that they were escaping something, that they were trying to clear their heads from a terrible situation that occurred. On top of the fact that there's the dichotomy of the fact that it was a water birth and they still decided to go to a water based place for vacation. You you'd think she'd want to avoid the water after losing her child during a water birth, but you yeah. know, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to judge that decision necessarily, but yeah, I, um, I I do question like why the hotel wouldn't like force them to evacuate yes. if the weather was that like bad. Like why would they even give them the choice to stay there because of liability issues? Exactly. And then as the villa is like floating out into the water, it's like wait, so there's n- nobody knows that this is happening i guess (laughs) well okay so the way i look at it more is they're so concerned with everything that's going on with their guests that they can get to that they're not concerned with the guests that they can't get to because i figure you know everybody that they're stuck on land or managed to get off of you know those cuts before the the storm hit i figure they're trying to tend to them rather than like searching for the, the 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 one hut that flew away because we never see any of the other huts that float away it's just theirs mm-hmm. so i figure that they're still doing damage control and you know i mean at the very least they're probably still undergoing like emergency rescue missions trying to get everybody else out yeah yeah so, i can see that yeah 
I mean, I, I figure they're more concerned with doing that rather than trying to, you know, launch a rescue mission for the one couple that got away. I mean, yeah, they're going to alert the authorities, and I figure that's what the, you know, one of the boats was, because I, I thought they 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 encountered two boats. Uh, was it two? It, I, I thought it was just the cruise liner. No, I could it, be wrong, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I thought there was two, because there was the plane, because I thought it was a boat, then a plane, then a boat. Uh, potentially, yeah. I, I, you, I thought that was, right. it was. I, I thought that was the way it went, but maybe, uh, maybe I, I, maybe I'm just misremembering something, jotting notes down. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, I, I would imagine that you know, especially an organ, you know, especially an operation like that, they're going to be more concerned with search and rescue and tending to stuff on land because it's the very next day, or at least you know, it takes place over the course of two days because they fall asleep the first day. Mm-hmm. They spend the first day, you know, trying to survive, and then. You know, they have the encounter late at night and then they wash ashore the second day. So it's only the only two days. So they're probably still undergoing like a search and rescue or mm-hmm. at least dealing with, you know, the, the guests that they can get to rather than, you know, going all out trying to find the the, the one couple that floated away. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably... And you make, you make a valid point about the fact that all the other villas were gone but as theirs was floating away, you didn't see any of the others. And when the movie started, there was like, what, six, it was either six or eight. It was like yeah. two rows of three or four. And, and then when theirs actually breaks off the posts, you look around and there's no other villas around. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they weren't the only couple who didn't take the offer of going to the main building, you know, who knows, but yeah, I mean, Don brings up valid points. There, there's, there's going to be reasons why they didn't send the Coast Guard, if there is such a thing as a Vietnamese Coast Guard, <laughs> out to search for yeah. them right away. You know, eh, it, it's a minor, you know, uh, it's a minor grief with the issue with the movie. But I yeah. see Mike's point at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just my own personal retconning trying to explain it. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that's the, you know, that's the reason why, but. I mean, in that kind of a situation, I can see, you know, an operation like that doing something similar. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I did like the initial fake out when it <laughs> ended like up that. being like the school of dolphins, because <laughs> I did think like at that point it was sharks starting to show up. But the fact that it was dolphins, I found that pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I knew it was dolphins. I mean, I can tell by the dorsal fins because that actually the dorsal fin gave it away. I mean, I yeah, for somebody, somebody who knows sharks like you do yeah, yeah it's I definitely mean, for me, I, yeah for me i knew what it was i actually spotted it when the the dorsal fin broke the surface the first time when she first notices it that was the first give that one was the first one that's actually pretty easy to spot because the dorsal fin doesn't stick straight up it's more of a curve backwards mm. that's the that's the giveaway gotcha. and it's also and it's also not as high up in the air because a lot of shark species, they're a lot more angled up, and they're like a lot taller. Mm-hmm. Dolphins are a lot shorter, or they're more rounded. So that yeah. one's an easy giveaway. Nice, but still, nice. it's still, it's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see why you know in that situation, you know, panic, you know, not being able to see something. You know, I love the the brief little glimpse they get because they see it behind the curtain, billowing in the billowing in the current. I, I that that one was a good one where they they just spot the the shadow move off in the distance. So I, I can see why you would imagine it would be a shark, but yeah, the the the, fi, the fin doing that was a giveaway. Mm-hmm. And if anybody actually is interested, I'm sure you probably figured it out by now. But the actual term a requin is uh, basically a short term for a requiem shark, and uh, a requiem shark is basically a shark that comes from a tropical sea. Um, it's characterized by a certain uh, shape of its tail, and uh, the family includes tiger sharks and soup fins. So uh, Don might be able to tell us. I'm not sure what kind of sharks they were in the movie, but you know, those are great whites. Those, those were great, great whites. Okay, so I'm not sure if great whites yeah. fall under the Requin uh, title, but you know, if yeah. they do, I, I mean, at least at least the stock footage was because the I, I can't tell for certain what the animatronic was. Because sure. they use the animatronic in a couple of the close-up scenes, and then a lot of the the, the earlier stuff is uh, stock footage scenes, and those are great whites. Yep. Cool. Well, there you go. We got a shark ed- education today. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you say? Let's wrap this one up. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, 
why don't you tell us where else we can hear you at Venom? Um, well, as we mentioned earlier, it's going to be a banner week for No More Room in Hell. All three of the shows under the banner will be releasing episodes this week. Um, Mike mentioned the main show. We recorded episode 41 last night where we looked at a couple of body part swap horror films. And um, that should be out later this week, as Mike mentioned. Um, for episode five of Creature Comforts, uh, we looked at 1966's uh, Island of Terror, starring Peter Cushing. Um, that, epi- that episode will be out probably right around the same time that, this, that the main show is out and potentially even this show. I, though, I know Mike usually has a pretty quick turnaround for Fresh Cuts cause it's, since it's such a quick show. But um, by the time the main show is out, I'm sure Creature Comforts will also be out. So look out for all three of those. And then uh, nothing new from the other two shows that I'm still associated with, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, and it's, uh, excuse me, In the Mic of Madness are still in the planning stages for our next shows, so hopefully sooner than later, but yeah, that's all I got for you, Mike. All right, Don, what about you? All right, so uh, Creature Comfort's coming soon, uh, potential Underwater Kaiju in the works, uh, my latest episode of the Horror Countdown, I looked at our my top favorite post-2000 vampire films. So, uh, yeah, we decided to use the uh, cutoff and basically, you know, eliminate something like uh, Lost Boys, an interview with a vampire, Near Dark. And uh, we decided to have fun with the uh, last 20 years. So um, I'm pretty sure that'll probably give away a couple of the choices, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it was still a lot of fun. Um, I had a um, author on board who writes vampire novels, so that was kind of nice. the uh, yeah, that was kind of the uh, choice for doing so. But um, yeah, that one is uh, just released. You can find that everywhere. And I'm in the planning stages to actually guest on three shows. So. Um, unfortunately, as I said, in the planning stages, so I can't say much more, um, working out scheduling, working out, um, recording issues and stuff like that. But, uh, hopefully I may be able to have a, a slew of guest spots available, uh, sometime next week. So, cool. but, um, yeah, that's, uh, where I stand at the moment. Okay. And for me... Uh, it's just fresh cuts and no more room in hell. That's pretty much all I got going on for now. Uh, sometimes, I mean, there's always stuff being planned, but, uh, not, not to announce at this time. So no, I mean, nothing like, it's not like there's anything top secret going on that I'm like, you know, going to announce or anything. Just, you know, we talk to many other podcasters all the time, so there's always like potential of showing up on other stuff. So I didn't mean to sound like, Oh my God, I got something in the works that I'm, I'm going to tell, but Uh (laughs) Uh, so yeah, for the next fresh cuts, I think we're still VOD. So I I guess for people wondering, um, what was it? Orphan first kill was it called? Or yeah, we're still not sure when the hell that's coming out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so originally, like, all, like, you know, all the major horror websites were reporting January 28th, and then, like, sometime last week, I was, you know, I started looking on my Regal app, because it said theatrical, I, I couldn't find showings, and then I went back to, like, articles, and they were still saying the 28th, and then of all places, the wiki page for it said, oh, it's, the 28th is reported, but it's not official, so I was like, okay, that's weird, and then um, I saw like some last minute articles that were like, yeah, no, uh, no actual premiere date is set yet. So I was like, oh, so the um, that's why we didn't do that this week. And as it stands now, there still is no official date. So I'm assuming it's coming out, you know, sometime this year because <laughs> it, it didn't get reported pushed back or anything. It just didn't ever get anything said officially. So. <laughs> That one's on the back burner until we get a release date for it. So with that said, it's still going to be uh, VOD for probably what the next few weeks until we get our f- something in February. Okay. At least, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel 
thing yeah. coming in a couple weeks, but other than that, yeah, we'll just search around. Uh, we we did have something planned before we uh, switched to this one, so maybe we'll do that next episode. But yeah, that one, at the the one that we initially offered, that one sounded interesting, and I kind of wanted to check it out. But um, I I pulled an audible and said a shark movie is available. I've been on the show for three years. You guys owe me, so we're doing this one. So that's kind of where this one came about. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. you must have you, you must have missed the Meg by just a short time because I remember we had Jerry Herring on for the Meg. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> but we got the Meg Two coming next year, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah, so we will. Yeah, so we'll either go back to what we were gonna do, or you know, we'll we'll figure it out. Like like I said, I mean, we've been talking offline. There's there's a good amount out now. Oh yeah, plenty. Um, that it's not gonna we're not gonna have any trouble finding something to cover. It's just about yeah, you know, us all being interested in something to cover. So we'll we'll yeah, we're it down and. Yeah, we're starting to get a couple of we're starting to get a couple of things trickling out, so it's kind of going to be you know a little bit more interesting as to what we're going to offer up. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we'll be back in a week's time. Until then, um, enjoy our other shows. Hopefully, that are coming this week. So we will get out of here. Thanks to everyone for listening. Let's say bye to the listeners. Adios, folks, and stay out of the ocean. Later.